Hey, my name's Andrew Priestley, and welcome to Manage Your Money. And this is episode number 60. And so far, I've been talking about earning, and then I did some episodes on spending, and now I'm going to talk about saving. There's nothing better, I think, than the feeling of knowing that you've got some money set aside as savings. And a few episodes back, I talked about buffer. And buffer basically is having money, uh, cash in reserves to cover off any overheads. So, for example, I mentioned that um, if your monthly average outgoings were, say, $2,000 and you had three months' worth of buffer, it means that you would have $6,000 saved up and set aside um, for whatever reason so that at least you've got three months of overheads in cash if you needed it. And this also means that you might have money set aside in an emergency fund. right? But the concept is saving. The concept is saving. And underneath that is the principle of spend less than you earn. Okay, So if you're spending less than you earn, then what's happening is that you are actually saving money. Okay, You're creating surplus. So the most cited basic wealth advice is save 10% of what you earn. And you, you can find this everywhere. I remember reading a book called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Carlson, I think it is. But his sage advice was save 10% of everything that you earn. Now, if you're a wage earner, that means 10% of your after-tax take-home pay. Um, obviously, you're not going to save 10% of your pre-tax, but you can certainly save 10% of your after-tax, what means after you've paid your tax. right? Let's say you earn £100 a week after tax. You've saved £10 a week. It doesn't sound much, but some people have no savings whatsoever. So if you did that, then you've saved £520 for the year. Now, that doesn't sound much at all, okay? But the point is that you're getting into the habit of saving. That's the point of it. Josie's been saving 10% of everything that she's earned since she was about 14 years of age. Um, And she'd saved up over £15,000, so she always has enough money in the bank and this real sense of security, okay? Do you remember, if you're new to this episode, this is the first one that you've ever heard, in past episodes I talk about a drummer from a famous rock band that was actually on one of my courses, okay? And that drummer earns a lot of money, right? But he spends more than he earns and he saves nothing, right? So we have this idea that because he's a famous uh, musician in a famous band, he would have a lot of money, okay? But even though he earned a lot of money, he spends more than he earns, and so he has nothing in savings. And even after several years of you know, being a highly paid session drummer, for example, he still has nothing to show for his efforts, now, when I say nothing to show, it means he's got nothing, you know, yeah, he, I earn the money, I spend it, I've got nothing set aside, nothing put in behind me. And we confronted that reality in the money managing workshop that we ran. By contrast, uh, another mate of mine was in a successful rock band 
And despite the temptation of a really wild lifestyle, he lived very modestly and he channeled his earnings into savings and property. So after a few years, when the band's fame had faded, he was the only band member with something to show for their success. And I I know he still gets about $5,000 a year for his music performance royalties, but he said, you know, I'm really glad that I put money away at the time when we were making it and invested it. I now own several properties that give me a comfortable post-rock star lifestyle. Now, most rock stars um, shine for about four years. In fact, it doesn't matter whether in the entertainment industry or the sports industry or the movie industry, whatever, but most pop and sports stars shine for about four years. That's the window. And very few have an enduring career. Very few. You may remember a guy called Shaken Stevens from the 1970s. Well, he knew that he wouldn't always be top of the charts pop star. And I believe that 40 years on, his property portfolio gives him a comfortable lifestyle because at the time when he was making his, uh, when he was at the peak of his fame, he was setting money aside and investing it wisely. Um, Another famous musician that you might have heard of is Paul McCartney, who lived in a council house in Liverpool So he really knew the value of saving and living within his means. And he bought properties near Abbey Road Studios and he still has the home that he bought in St John's Wood in the 1960s. In fact, um, the, the Abbey Road album that the Beatles put out where they're walking across the crossing, um... They're actually not far from Paul McCartney's St. John's Wood home, and I think they were heading off for lunch. <laughs> if you walk past John, his house, you can actually see the famous bathroom window, which appears in, the, in, the, in a, one of his songs. Okay? And apparently Ringo Starr still owns shops that he bought in Chelsea in the mid, mid-60s. And I also believe that Mick Jagger's grandchildren live in properties that he bought in Chelsea with earnings from his early days with the Rolling Stones. And in those days, Chelsea wasn't really a prestigious suburb, but reportedly, Jagger's done quite nicely from property. And despite his notoriety, it seems he really was just a hard-working lad who knew the value of saving and quietly investing. In fact, I think Mick Jagger was studying accounting to be an accountant when he joined the Rolling Stones. So who else can I think of who's done this Save While You're Famous? Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame are both on record for living well within their means. And even though at one point they were part of the most famous comedy team in British history, they actually controlled their spending and invested well. At these, as, these, as I'm saying, all these performers followed the pattern of making money at the height of their fame, saving and investing for the future. Now, even if you're not a pop star, save at least 10% of what you earn. That's the point. And when your funds reach a certain level, invest in something that pays a good rate of interest, like an ISA or a tax-free pension. So on the next episode, I'm going to explore that a little bit. (music) 